a super important thing to bias about that. And for a bunch of those factors, like, hey, we want people to see, you know, to buy from new sellers, for example. They can do that without necessarily just promoting it above the items, like putting a badge on the item or something like that. You know, free shipping, something like that. Um, uh, or power seller or awesome rating or something like that. They, they could choose to include information like that in the listing. And that, again, goes back to the bit where if there are specific things they want to encourage or there are specific things that they want people to take into account, they just show them to them. Like, they come up with a way to show people, hey, you get free shipping if you buy this item. That's going to be a... That's probably a better inducement than, oh, well, it's item number one instead of item number six. Saying, no, no, this thing's free. And so that's the sort of stuff you'd really want to bias towards. Um, when you've got 40 items that match the search result for Anthro Belt, how do you get yourself to stand out? Well, you've got better pictures. You know, your wife's pictures. Oh, she's amazing. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, put the knife down, dear. Um, no, and uh, so one thing that I find interesting in looking at their search results is, you know, when I search for Anthropology Belt, all of the top results had the title Anthropology Belt. You know, it might be interesting that, you know, I bet if I scroll down far enough, I'll start seeing items. Yeah, so like, you know, I probably had to look at a couple of dozen items before I saw the first thing whose title was not exactly Anthropology Belt. Anthropology Belted Tank, Anthropology Belted Sweater, and some of them are actually just not very good search results. But for example, Anthropology Belt Tank to me seems like a less relevant result than Anthropology Jeweled Belt. Or even just an Anthro Belt? That's what I would recommend. Yeah. And so that was an interesting thing too, which is Anthro and Anthropology Anthrobelt and Anthropology Belt return different search results. So to me, that suggests that if they're doing, you know, stemming or these three words are identical, they're at least not doing that match between anthro and anthropology, which I find a little interesting. That suggests that the search result is uh, uh, pretty straightforward. Um, because a lot of things built in. Well, that, that sort of synonyming. Mm -hmm is you know a fairly common and in some ways fairly basic technique um similarly you want to you know match common misspellings in there too anthropology's got a lot of letters and they're kind of goofy mm -hmm. and so like you know i you would probably get good return on investment from dev time to go do something like better matching the synonyms and such together and thus if I don't see a lot of that type of sophistication in there. I'm guessing there's a, there isn't a bunch of secret sophisticated crap underneath. They wrote a simple thing that works, and because every and as you just look at the code in general, as you get an all overview of it, you are seeing that. Yeah, this is this is a pretty straightforward site. Um, the uh, the the part that you can't tell from looking at you know the HTML and the search results and the, the data being sent back and forth, you can't see what their server is doing when it's processing. But you would really, really strongly bias towards things the server can return quickly. That's actually probably why one of the main reasons is just in, um, because they're almost certainly keeping a uh, a heap of new items 
so that the newest items just go right to the top of the heap. And so what you do is, you know, you when you start doing a search for like anthro belt, what it means is, is that once, you know, they're returning I think 12 or 16 search results per page by default, once you have found those results that are all a good match, and if, if you're already listing in order, you only have to look at 16 items. You found 16 items, you're done. You don't have to look at 10,000 anthro belts. You look at 16. You know, when you scroll more, cool, give me the next 16, not, okay, let's look at all 10,000 items. And that sort of optimization is really important in search. Um, you know, having to look at 16 things versus 10,000, huge, huge, huge difference in how much it costs to run that service. Um, and, and how quickly people get the results back. Um, you know, Google had done studies and, you know, even a 50 millisecond delay meaningfully impacts how many people, you know, start getting up on things. You know, if, if uh, you know, a tenth of a second on loading their homepage is worth millions and millions of dollars to them. Uh, probably hundreds of millions. Um, and so you absolutely want your thing to be really cheap to run and blazing fast from the user's perspective. And so... You know. Let's break for one second. Oh, if we can continue down the library, I'll, I will rub your feet as I continue asking you questions to keep you talking. How does that sound? The software is acceptable. Okay. And can we actually go back a little bit in that we actually talk about what an algorithm is? Um... So an algorithm in general is, it's a set of instructions for solving a problem. So sorting is an extremely well-studied area. There's a bunch of different sorting algorithms, you know, with the, the, with, which are basically just, again, an algorithm is just a set of rules. Um, and so it's the way you solve a problem. And there's lots of different sorting algorithms. Um, there's a couple that are generally just better than the others because they are superior in, largely in terms of run speed. Um, there's a few other things you may do either because you don't really care and you just need to be really fast to implement or for some reason like you really need to minimize the amount of memory you use and that's more important than run speed. So on and so forth. There's a few trade-offs you can make. But overall, um, th there's a couple of specific ones. And so when you look at Posh, you know, when you search for an item, like, okay, so there's a lot of the stuff that Google has to figure out that Poshmark doesn't. They're pretty sure you're searching for clothes. Um, they start carrying house fit. But, they, but they're, they're pretty sure that you're, you're, you're searching for items for sale. Mm -hmm. And so they've got a list of the items for sale. So a lot of their work is done. And so, you know, what's their job? Well, their job is to show you the things that are the best matches for your search. So it's possible that, that they may take some of the things they know about you to choose the meaning of the thing you want to search for. Like if you bought lots of... Do you see that in the code at all with Poshmark? It's, it's hard to tell because you can't see what the server is doing. One of the things we did look at is, is that we looked at, you know, the cookies and such that are being sent up. Again, you know, people want search to be fast. They've got millions and millions of users and tens of millions of users probably. Hundreds, I don't know. Bazillions of users. And so, you know, when you search for something, they don't want to have to stop and go look you up and then go look at details and go do that work before they start figuring out what you want to search. 
And so we looked at your cookies, and, you know, there were cookies that had a few little basic pieces of information, but there wasn't a lot that was sent up there, which probably means that if they were trying to do things like tracking your interests or your specialties, something like that, if I wanted search, so if I wanted search to do that, I would almost certainly, when I added that feature, I would almost certainly have to do it in a way that didn't slow it search down more than it was before it had the feature. Therefore, I'd need to make sure that information is readily accessible. There may be a way that I could cache some of that on the server and take it more memory. Maybe. Or I could try to, like, store it in a cookie and, and write that up. And storing, you know, what are the, your common couple of preferences or key things would probably be the fastest way to make that available. And that was not in the and cookies? We didn't say anything like that. Okay. Which is part of the reason why we were looking at the cookies and we were uh, uh, basics for decoding or URL decoding with the data in the cookies. Um, so that, that information wasn't, you know, obviously sent up to the server. Now, again, the server could totally be looking that up, but again, kind of Occam's razor. If it doesn't seem like it'd be tremendously valuable, and they're not obviously doing it in a way that, that makes it cheap. They probably aren't. Um, I mean, there's nothing in the world more important to them than running their service cheaply and selling lots of things. And so if, if it's going to make their service more expensive, it better help them sell a lot more things. It makes expensive each time they run it or just the developing man hours? Both. Okay. Um, you know, as... In many ways, all engineer time is sort of fungible. Um, dev, you can spend dev time writing new features. You can, dev, you can spend dev time fixing bugs. You can spend dev time making something faster. So if you write a feature that, that if, when you write a feature, you're adding complexity, and thus you're also going to have to spend dev time fixing bugs. If you're adding a feature, you're almost certainly making things slower and thus more expensive to run. You can mitigate that by spending even more dev time um, improving performance or adding caching. But when you add more caching, you're essentially trading hardware for speed. And so, you know, all of these things are trade-offs. And when you make something more complicated, um, you're adding cost in one area that also adds cost in the other areas and you can you know you can reduce the impact of that cost in one of the areas by spending even more in some of the others you know server cost engineering time um speed effectively a very senior microsoft engineer um who's also a bit of a grumpy curmudgeon so he's great um named raymond chen he wrote a thing once, and I think it was probably written in Chen. He said, all features start at negative 100 points. Anything that you want to do is expensive. Not just because you have to spend the time making it, and then you have to spend the time, you know, dealing with the bugs that you introduced and things like that. They're also taking up time that you could be spending on other features, opportunity cost. So everything that you do, you're like, oh, hey, it might be cool if you add an extra 
badge to show power seller or something like that. Okay. So then you have to go figure out all the stuff. Like, okay, so how do you figure out who those people are? Now you have to make a policy on it. You have to publish the policy. You have to deal with customer support people. Oh, I just missed power seller, but I was a power seller before. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so but you have to do a bunch of whiny people. Um, and you have to build software to help the you know support agents deal with people who want to be power sellers and show that you know the you know the support reps now need to know when they're talking to someone are they a power seller why or why not and all that stuff you also have to you know um you know write the code to go compute that you have to make it available to the server so that it can very very quickly show you for each item is this person a power seller you also have to like, you know, draw it on the screen. Are they power sellers? And everything that you put on the screen is a little bit distracting to people. You're getting them to pay attention to the, you know, big shiny P because it'd be it'd be a P like the Poshmark logo for power seller, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. And so as you uh, as you put that stuff on there, like. You know, everything that you, you show there, well, there's some cognitive load on the users. It distracts them from the things you want them to do, which is look at the pictures and click on them to buy them. So, like, so as, as they go write this, any, any little thing is pretty complicated when you break it all down and all the stuff you have to deal with to support it. And, you know, and continuing to keep those calculations running and updating people's status is expensive. And so, sure, maybe you can say that it adds a little bit of value add that but there's a tremendous amount of cost a lot of it pretty subtle that you have to pay for it and so the feature had better be great is it going to be great i don't know they might have even tried it at one point they probably have tried it at one point or they looked at it and were like yeah just dealing with the hassle of a bunch of saying but i want to be a power seller or you know as soon as you as soon as you attach a metric to something you know, when there's a when there is a metric attached to a reward, people will start gaming the system to get that reward. Which and does that cause some other parts of parts of posh to get more troublesome? I mean, crap! You could end up with a thing like, okay, if being a power seller is super important, you create like two accounts and you start buying your own stuff. Cool! I bought a hundred pairs of my own socks. Now I'm a power seller. Awesome. I'm aiming system that would actually um, segue nicely into botting. <laughs>